Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, having friends and associates who look different, think different, believe different, live different than you do can add so much to your life. We talk about that a lot on this program, but Americans continue to self-select and self-segregate along all kinds of lines from religious to racial lines. The question then is, can we get past the headlines of all of that? And can we really change who we interact with? What are some of the factors that lead to that? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. When I saw this pop up on my screen today, I knew this was a conversation we had to have today. Really pleased to have joining us on the program, Daniel Cox is the senior fellow in polling and public opinion at the American Enterprise Institute. And the Survey Center on American Life uh, talked about this diversity and disconnection. And uh, Daniel joins us on the line. Daniel, thanks for uh, chiming in today. It was great to be here. Uh, so let's dive into into uh, this survey and uh, just start by telling us what did we find out in terms of are, are we all just hanging out with uh, mirror images of ourselves? Yeah, and that's been true for, for quite a while. It's a, it's a very, I think, human tendency to want to surround ourselves with people whose experiences uh, are similar and validate our own, right? So whether it's along the lines of, as you mentioned, race or religion and increasingly politics too, we have this tendency to, to you know, define groups that f- think like we do and, and we're more comfortable in them. Um, but there are some significant downsides to that. Yeah, and as we as we look at those, uh, I think we see those downsides of playing out over and over and over again. Uh, as part of this, you you looked at some things that might change that dynamic a little bit, even some really simple things in our communities. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, one of the things that we found in a survey that we conducted uh, for the Knight Foundation uh, was trying to understand the way community structures can influence how we behave and, and the way we think about the people we live near and engage with. And one of the things we found was that if you live in an area that has lots of things we call neighborhood amenities, and this includes like coffee shops and, and bars, restaurants, uh, libraries, community centers, and, and public parks. So if you live in relatively close to these kinds of places, uh, you're much more likely to have a more diverse group of friends. Um, and we looked at racial and religious diversity. So just being close to living in close proximity to these types of things uh, had a pretty significant uh, impact on, on the type of people that we know. Yeah. And one, one of the things that you have been uh, talking about is that, um, you know, but that that difference, of course, uh, we've had uh, Robert Putnam on this program before and his you know seminal work in Bowling Alone and how we are kind of self-siloing and, and isolating uh, what are some of the things that we, we can do beyond just having those kind of amenities in terms of communities? What else do we need to be doing different or, 
or how do we need to be thinking different uh, to have that kind of diversity in our own lives? Yeah, this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And I think, you know, coming out of the, the 2016 election, I think a lot of folks on the left really surprised at the, at the outcome and I think felt kind of lost and, and confused about how so many people could on the right could, could support Donald Trump. And then conservatives have, I think, for a long time felt, and, and polling has shown this, felt like they've been kind of strangers in the country and, and in response to sort of the changing culture uh, and demographics. And so I think on both sides, uh, there's this feeling of like living in a country you don't really recognize. I think part of that stems from, you know, we've become kind of deeply incurious uh, about each other. And, like, you know, part of this is, is you know, we're too much time in, in these silos, spending time with people that we know, you know, our social media is filtered, uh, our regular media is filtered, and so we, we don't engage. But I also think, like, we, you know, we need to be more curious about people who are, are not like us. And, and part of that is just getting out there, spending time at these places. So the other thing we found in this study was that having uh, a place that you go to regularly, you know, sometimes these are called third places, so not your home, not your, your work, but a place out in your community. And it could be a library or a park or a coffee shop or whatever. And if you go to this place regularly, you are also much more likely to have uh, a more diverse group of confidence. Yeah, and I think that's so uh, so important. We we talk about being curious on this program all the time. That we have to make sure uh, that we are curious as to why someone thinks different or believes different, or or why they think. Oh, and now I understand why she thinks that would be a, a great way to solve that problem. Uh, I really think curie, the lack of curiosity, I think, is what kills the republic uh, faster than anything. But b- beyond uh, just the political side of it, uh, how does having that bigger social circle or that more diverse circle uh, impact our mental health and really society at large? Yeah, so there's a whole host of things that are true. You know, if we have a more diverse uh, social group, one of the things we know is when it at least comes to politics, if you're a Democrat and have at least one fr- a friend who's a Republican, your attitudes about all Republicans tend to be different. You're, you're less likely to hold extreme views. You're more open to compromise. Uh, you're more curious about um, what other people think and kind of open to different ideas. Uh, and I think that those are all like really important parts of living in a democracy, right? And, you know, none of us get what we want all the time. And so finding ways where we can work together and, and get along, even when we don't get everything that we want, is, is really, really important. And having people that you trust and know who think differently, feel differently, and understanding why they think differently um, is really important. Yeah, and I think the more we make those connections, the more we realize there really aren't any monolithic groups out there, whether that's based on race or social status or religious belief or lifestyle. Uh, there really is so much diversity and so many things that we can learn in that process that, uh, again, staying curious uh, is absolutely vital to all of that. Daniel Cox, Senior Fellow in Polling and Public Opinion for the American Enterprise Institute. Great study, great work uh, in breaking that down. And uh, so important, I, we're passionate believers that every little while you got to make sure that you have dinner or go get a drink or have a have a soda or a cup of coffee uh, with somebody who looks different, thinks different, lives different than you are. Uh, keep curious uh, is really the name of the game. 
So as we look at how all of that plays out, uh, I do think that is the key to all of this, is staying curious and to get outside of our bubbles and get outside of our silos, get out of our self-isolating and engage. And as we do that, as we have more people who be our, be our friends or associates uh, or acquaintances that we can say, okay, there there is a different perspective out there, makes it much harder to demonize uh, a group of people when you actually know them. Uh, and that's the real test for all of us. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.